0: It's Wednesday, June 1st. Welcome to Mark Fuller. I'm Chris Hill, joining me in studio today for Molly Full Funds, Bill Barker.
1: Happy June. Why, thank you.
0: The haters who said sell in May and go away, eh, it didn't work out for them. I We don't know yet. Well, for May, it didn't work. Well, they
1: could have sold at the end of May.
0: Eh, possibly. And if, uh, I,
1: now, having gone away, they're going to check back in in September. It's just a bad idea. And if they had done that, they'd be happy today cuz the stock market's down a little bit. All
0: right, let's You've move You've issued there. <laughs> <laughs> let's just move on. All right. Let's just move on to actual news lest any of our listeners think, "Oh my god, they're not going to do another buy seller hold, are they?" No, we're not. We're going to get to the news. We've got uh, some re- Never never again. I don't want to say never again. We might do it again. You know what, we'll get to that. But first, let's get to there's a bunch of retail news and we'll start with Michael Kors. Please help me understand what is going on because shares of Michael Kors are up 7% on a fourth quarter that seems nothing more than just fine. Sales were up 11%, same store sales were barely in the positive range. This was I don't know, is this one of those situations where Michael Kors the expectations are so low that anything remotely positive is going to get a 7% pop?
1: More or less, uh, supplemented by the announcement of a share buyback, and so this was a a rapidly growing company, not just a rapidly growing stock, but a rapidly growing company throwing up sort of sixty percent revenue growth for three or four years there, on the back of a two thousand and eleven uh, IPO. At a little about twenty dollars a share, which got up to ninety dollars, some almost a hundred dollars a share by two thousand and thirteen, and two thousand fourteen. I guess it topped out, which I understand based on sixty percent compounded revenue growth. But it was growing that uh, by issuing shares. It wasn't all doing that out of cash flow by any means, and also. Uh, it's a it's a fashion retailer which is going to have hits and misses. So after a few years of being on the right side of the fashion trends, that sort of peaked and topped out, and the stock got all the way back down uh, to the mid 30s uh, early this year. So it bounced around, had a good quarter that it announced at the beginning of the year, and. Which reversed the the trend of some same store sales uh, losses, and now it's it's had another quarter that's that's sort of back in that category, and it's still bouncing around sort of the low range of where it's been over the last three or four years. So if you're just looking at the stock price today, you say ah, this doesn't look all that good, doesn't look like it justifies it kind of a stock move, but the stock move is is a bounce off of off of lows.
0: So is this still even with this little? Pop today? Is this still a cheap stock? Well,
1: it's trading about 10 times earnings. And it is maybe a confusing stock for those that look at stocks through the lens of is this growth? Is this value? This was obviously a growth stock. And now it is pulling the reins in on its growth. It's going to take, it says, a billion dollars and buy back shares. And if you're looking at the capital allocation, then you don't mind the fact that it sold stock, uh, th- that it grew on the base in part of a high stock price and issuing shares from the 2011 to 2014 years when the stock price was strong, and that now it is buying back some of those shares. That's not necessarily poor capital allocation. Uh, But what is this? Is this a stock that you're looking to for compounded, sustained growth? I don't know. At the moment, it is growing a little bit, but it's been brought down along with just about everybody else in the retail space, of course. Uh, The stock, even having had a good quarter three months ago to report, and moving up on that Everybody has imputed all the results of retail at large to this company as well. And the stock came back down. And now, good day, back up a little bit.
0: All right, let's move on to Land's End, another apparel retailer. And I think I have the same question, which is essentially, what am I missing here? Because the stock is basically flat today, maybe down half a percent. This was a terrible quarter. (laughs) They posted, (laughs) they posted a pretty big loss when a slight gain was expected. Same store sales were down more than seven percent. How is this, or is you know, is this kind of like the same basic situation with Michael Kors? Where, gosh, you know, we're we're not really expecting anything out of Lands End and. Not really, anything is what we got.
1: Uh, Land's End is a really more difficult story to predict at the moment. First of all, it's been spun out from Sears, and that is a, a weight that you don't want to have around yourself. Uh, coming out of Sears and still having a lot of your product move moved through s- stores in Sears, because I think as you were commenting to me the other day, AI. Sears. Not overly contaminated with
0: customers, right? Yeah, this was your experience. That was yeah. I I mentioned this on the podcast yesterday. I was I I went all the way through a Sears in Western Maryland, and there was not a single person, other than me, there was not a single person in that Sears who was not employed by Sears.
1: Yeah, were they shopping there?
0: (laughs) Maybe their bosses were encouraging them to poke around because certainly, if you're over in the appliance section. You've got plenty of t- You don't have any customers to deal with. Sure, walk on over to Sporting
1: Goods. You may want to bump up the employee discount to sort of generate some same store sales it might. if those are your customers or your only potential customers. So,
0: are you saying Land's End was such a flawed business that even Sears was like, look, we, do, we don't want you. We don't want your stink on us. I don't know
1: if it was that or if it was just we've got so many other problems. Why don't we just spin this out and then they can figure out what to do without us? Uh, but Land's End has made a lot of big changes and seems to be moving out of the uh, lumbersexual category. That is one, that a word? Apparently, it's a word. And I have brought it out today because I learned it uh, in preparation for this.
0: Did Jim Gillies dare you to use this word on the podcast? No, it's a perfectly cromulent word. Okay, Look it up. Uh, Google that. I'll Google that while you're talking.
1: And I learned it in looking at what whether there is any difference between Land's End and L.L. Bean, which, from my mind, there is no difference between the two of them.
0: Wow. You just totally threw down the gauntlet for a lot of people in my home state of Maine. Well, go ahead. Pick up that gauntlet if you have <laughs> the guts. Uh, for one thing, uh LL being first of all these are these are businesses that uh, are
1: serve the lumber sexual
0: they okay so in terms of customer base I'm sure there's some overlap there they are uh, they are based on other opposite sides of the country although Lands End isn't based in California but it takes its inspiration takes the name from Lands End California which is gorgeous went there last summer um, but uh, the the other thing is that. We've just spent a few minutes talking about how flawed the Land's End business is, and L.L. Bean routinely makes the list uh, that comes up every now and then of private companies that people wish were public, so that they could own a share of it. L.L. Bean is known for phenomenal customer service, the classic example being the L.L. Bean Boots, which once you buy a pair of Bean Boots, they're yours for life, and you can. I, I've had a pair for thirty years, and if tomorrow I decided I'm going to send these back because they need repairing, they'll get repaired for free, no questions asked.
1: I know it's a whole like religion thing, isn't it? No, it's the, just LL Bean worship. It, and I come from a reasonably preppy background and learned that some of my uh, friends would make road trips from their. Northeastern colleges to LL Bean to to go to the the flagship store, which I thought was bizarre, but within the realm of, I I guess, upping your level of preppiness above everybody else's, if that was your thing.
0: Yes. So the 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 store that you're referring to is in Freeport, Maine, and it never closes. There are actually, uh, I, I believe, there are no locks on the doors because the store is always open.
1: So it's like Mecca for for preppies, I think so. Yeah, Do you have to take the Hajj
0: up to Freeport to see, you know, where it all started. I'm assuming that when you you know checked into your dorm your first day at Yale, you you were handed a bunch of LL Bean stuff. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> that's not how they roll at Yale. <laughs>
1: I actually wasn't given a real bed my first day at Yale, but that's a that's another story.
0: Oh we'll save that for another yeah, time.
1: Probably not. Uh, so anyway, Land's End is suffering from a number of things. One, the general retail landscape, which is not good. Two, it's a, a basically a catalog based business to a large extent, and the catalog business is largely over. So, they have gravitated, as everybody in that space has had to, uh, toward the internet, but they don't have a particularly better presence there than, than everybody else. And the uh, legacy uh, catalog stuff is really not helping. I think Victoria's Secret is getting rid of their catalog business entirely. We talked about that recently. And Also, they've got a new CEO in who is going to take this company to a more fashionable place and has done so. And so, if you go to the the Land's End uh, website, you'll find the women's shoes. Now, you can get high-heeled shoes uh, from Land's End, which just, as I say, doesn't seem like to the degree that I have any knowledge of fashion, and I don't. That's just not what their core business had been, because I think of them as operating in very much the same space as L.L. Bean, which I don't think is selling high-heeled shoes. Anyway, uh that is where this new ceo who's comes from uh, dolce and gabbana and, and that background wants to see lands end go and it has not yet taken
0: not a lot of lumberjacks wearing high heels i'm guessing i
1: i don't know exactly it, apparently so the lumbersexual uh style is i guess this is the the evolution of the metrosexual perhaps to put on a plaid shirt and and have a beard but keep it reasonably tidy.
0: Yeah I was gonna say I think I think um, good look for you a good plaid shirt and you're halfway there.
1: Well I think you still got to have more of, uh, of some tidiness to where you're going with the plaid shirt you can't just have it untucked. and you know that's not enough to be a lumbersexual. sexual right then I, you could just be a lumberjack right
0: right I feel like I could pull off the lumberjack thing for maybe a day or so and then my arms would get tired. Yeah, carrying okay. the axe is optional. Right. Um, sticking with retail, but moving to sporting apparel, a uh, t- t- couple of things happening that that appear to be related in at least one way, um, and that's with Under Armour and Nike. Um, Under Armour issued a warning, uh, and it has to do with the bankruptcy. And we talked about this recently with Sports Authority, and with it, without getting too in the weeds. Uh, under Armour had to come out and say, oh, that $163 million in revenue we were planning on recognizing from Sports Authority, because Sports Authority locations sell a decent amount of Under Armour stuff, yeah, we're only going to be able to recognize about a quarter of that. So, obviously, that's that's hitting the stock a little bit today. Nike's is more, I suppose, in the eye of the beholder, and in this case, the beholder is Morgan Stanley which downgraded Nike shares on an analyst note, which cited increased competition, which I have to believe Under Armour is, at least in some small way, a part of that competition, although Adidas has come on pretty strong over the last year or two as well. Uh, when you when you look at the sports apparel landscape, what do you make of all this?
1: Well, Under Armour, as you note, has got uh To face the reality that Sports Authority is not just going to be operating in bankruptcy, but it's actually liquidating, and so there was the 143 million expected, whatever for. for It was 163. 163 taken down to 23, so that's 140 million of sales for this year uh, out, and so Sports Authority will not try to reorganize within the protection of bankruptcy, but it's just liquidating, and they last time they had addressed this, said that uh, they expected Sports Authority to still be a, a going concern uh, and to make up some sales elsewhere. They still expect to make up some sales elsewhere. That is, not all that Sports Authority uh, purchasing is just gone. It's not evaporated. It will transition to other places. However, they're not going to make nearly $140 million, $160 million, whatever, through those other channels this year. Though this is really uh, should be looked at as a one-time event, that is, people are going to get their sports gear and shoes uh, from different places, and in in the short term, this is definitely a hit for Under Armour. But they gave some guidance that their total uh, so total sales for the year is still expected in the mid to high twenty percent. So still a, a, an exceptional growth story for Under Armour, but a little bit of uh, uh, you know. A hit, uh, definitely in the short term. And as you say, they are one of the competitors that Nike's. The analysts are seeing uh, affecting Nike now. Nike's also affected by sports authorities closing, and in an absolute dollar amount, more so than Under Armour probably uh, to by about two uh, x. And that's not as big a problem for Nike because they're a much much bigger company. They are much much. More international company, right? On a percentage of sales, it's, it's not as big. Less than one percent of the total sales for Nike, so they are still enough of uh, enough bigger than Under Armour that they can have this affect them on an absolute uh, basis more than uh, more than Under Armour, but on a percentage basis, far less. But the other thing that's affecting them, as you note, is is Adidas is beginning to get its footwear act together again after a number of missteps over the past few years. And Under Armour really is doing very well, especially with Steph Curry's uh, successes this year and the popularity of his shoe.
0: Yeah, no, they've definitely come on in the shoe department. And I'm sure they were very pleased to see the Golden State Warriors advance to the NBA Finals, because that's just another week of... Free advertising. Yeah. Two weeks, perhaps. I don't know. They two drag
1: weeks. this stuff on if it goes. The series goes seven games, which I hope almost everybody is hoping for—a great series that involves both teams playing well and a long and, and close series.
0: I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that uh, at least some people in Cleveland, and and certainly our friend Greg Haygood, who you work with, proud son of Cleveland. I'm sure they're not hoping for that. I'm sure they're hoping for Cleveland to just walk over Golden State in four straight. Cleveland
1: games. can hope for that all at once. <laughs> I think that that is a tall order.
0: Yeah, that's what they want. Yeah. But, they'll, but they'll settle. They'll, they'll settle. They'll settle for the seven games. Close
1: seven game series is a win in any yes version that they they can find.
0: And you know what, Cleveland, they, they <sighs> could use that. Yeah, they could use a, a, a world championship of some they sort. Really, they really could. Uh, before we wrap up, uh, last time we were in the studio, we did our round of Buy, Sell, or Hold, and immediately we got responses from listeners uh, in our Facebook group, which you can join just by going on Facebook and, and search for Motley Fool Podcast. And, and listeners immediately, I, I don't want to say leaping to your defense, but le- leaping to your side uh, with the comments that you made about cricket, basically saying, Bill Barker, 100% right about cricket and the efforts that have been made. To speed up the game of cricket. So kudos to you for well, that. I wasn't
1: saying anything controversial. I was <laughs> just citing citing facts.
0: Um, and uh, I, I also got um, a couple of shout outs for my very quick sell rating that I put on Rafael Nadal winning the French Open because I think it was about 24 hours after we recorded the podcast that Nadal had a, held the press conference and said, I'm not playing. What is he injured?
1: He's injured. Yeah. He's got a wrist injury.
0: Yeah. He he's
1: you uh, he taking a victory lap for for that? No, I was going to say this he's, poor man it's with a, a hurt wrist. Yes, he can't
0: this, this poor multi-million dollar can't athlete.
1: compete in the sport that he loves, and all the fans who have been deprived of getting to see him try to regain the title.
0: Yeah, but they,
1: I, but it was a good call.
0: It was a good call. So that's so I'm gonna, take your victory. I'm lap. I'm going to take that small victory lap, and uh, a lot of a lot of nice comments from listeners through email and on Twitter and in the facebook group supporting saying this was you know that they enjoyed it but lest anyone think that it was all sunshine and rainbows we, we did get a few people saying ah, i didn't love this uh, a couple of comments on twitter from Nate Purdom, i enjoyed the shout out for being the lone listener to sit through the entire buy seller hold episode uh, and from Tom Rooney the awful truth is i fell asleep about 22 minutes in in my defense i was tired Also, in your defense, Tom, we went on longer than we should have. So,
1: what was kind of it was the the Chris Hill Show with Bill Barker as as a guest. It was rather than the market foolery.
0: Um, uh, you know what? Next time, that's that's it. Next time, we'll make it much more about you.
1: No, no, no. I'm not saying (laughs) I had equal billing, but it wasn't it wasn't as much market foolery as you know. Oh yeah, no, the two of us doing something right. So if you had tuned in for market foolery all you got was the two of us doing something
0: exactly and i i read those comments from nate and tom there were other a couple only a couple but a couple of emails from people saying yeah this is i've been listening for a few months and i actually like it when you guys talk about business news i'm not interested in this
1: <laughs> in your guys opinions about random yeah, things I don't,
0: I don't really care about your stupid game i'll be back when you're you know i'll be back for, look forward to the next episode where you're actually talking about business news but i'm 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 not playing your game uh Friday, June third, the day that we've been waiting for—National Donut Day. How will you be celebrating?
1: Apparently, I'll be eating donuts. It's a kind of thing. As, as you know, it's a little hard to keep up with all the national days out there. Yes, we've discussed many of them. Yes, Uh, National Coffee Day, Coffee Cake Day, we discussed. Yep. National Hot Dog Day, I think we've done National Cat Day, mm-hmm. uh, various others, and so donuts seems like a pretty easy one to know how to celebrate.
0: It really does, and I. I what as, with
1: the Dunkin' Donuts so close by us now,
0: right? Although
1: I, not your necessarily your favorite
0: donut shop, I I, I I will always have a special place in my. Carotid artery for, <laughs> for, uh, uh, for my cl- in my clogged daughter. But if you had, so
1: had to have just one donut,
0: so I was I mean, in. Ohio sugar shack is really sugar shack is phenomenal. I was in Ohio over you the weekend. Pay a little bit more for those sugar shack donuts, and they're worth it. Yeah, they're totally worth it. I, I was in Zanesville, Ohio. There's an historic place in Zanesville called Donald's Donuts, and uh, it's been around for I think about 50 years or so, and. It was the last thing I did before leaving Zanesville. Was I went in the afternoon, got some coffee, good coffee by the way, and uh, and and got just the the classic glazed donut. Holy cow, that thing just melted in my mouth. It was amazing. So that's I I, I think for National Donut Day, I I don't want to take anything away from Dunkin' Donuts, love Dunkin' Donuts, but I think if you're ever gonna to go to a local shop, some sort of local donut purveyor. Fridays, the day to do it.
1: You know where you should go: Beeler's Donuts in Reading Terminal Market. Didn't did I send you to Reading Terminal when you went to Philadelphia you not s- too long ago? You
0: sent me to Reading Terminal. I don't think you didn't. You mention- didn't
1: go to the donuts. This no. this is sort of a newer thing that uh, since I left Philadelphia had, had popped up, and I think I sent you to the, the Amish counter.
0: I hope you did. Yes, and it was great. Whew,
1: good food there at uh, at the Amish counter, and Beeler's is also. Run by the fine, fine uh, Amish uh, people uh, who are, have a lot of the, the
0: stalls in, in Reading Terminal. And it's just donuts. And uh, I hear it's amazing. If you're not actually in Reading Terminal Market, however, uh, because you did point me there, but our colleague Greg Martz pointed me to Federal Donuts in Philadelphia. And I did make it to Federal. And oh, boy. It's a good donut town. That's, Philly is a good donut it town. It doesn't get enough credit town. for that. It's it, not
1: known for its healthy eating, Philadelphia.
0: It's known for the cheesesteak, and it's cheese known steak. for the whole Freedom Hall and and, and Independence Hall thing, and and uh, birthplace of democracy. Yeah, Ben Franklin, but not so much for the donuts. But it it if people go to Beeler's, they'll be happy. That is a way to spend all of Friday. And isn't that all we're trying to do? Which I think you have
1: to stand in a long line. So, take a a good chunk of your Friday to wait for the. especially this Friday. I thought
0: you were going to say, take something to read. Everybody's got their phone now. They're just staring at their phone while they're in line. (laughs) Don't act like you don't. Hey, man, if there are good donuts at the end of that line, I'm there. Thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So, don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.